Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders Live, where we talk about today's hottest topics on policy, faith, the culture. We always do that from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Now, I say that on every program, every day. The reason we do that is because that biblical perspective will give you the right answer on any question. God's instruction manual is phenomenal. It's not only right, God's Word is not only right, it works best. You're going to get the best results when you follow what he tells us in the Bible on how to treat our spouses, on how to treat our employees or our employer, or or how to conduct business, or how to uh, be a government official, or how to be a good citizen, or any of these things. The Bible has all the best answers. The reason we do a historical perspective is because it's important to know where we came from. It's important to look back and see what's worked, what didn't work, what did work, what were the results. Let's look at the good, the bad, and the ugly and learn from it. That's the historical perspective. And then the constitutional perspective. What are the rules of our society? If you're going to be a good citizen, if you're going to be a biblical citizen in today's culture, you have to know what the rules are. you got to know how that particular society or community, or in our case, our nation, how does it work, what are the rules, and how do we best fulfill our role as a free citizen and live out that biblical citizenship. So biblical, historical, constitutional perspective, that's why you hear me say that at the beginning of every program. You can find out more about our program at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. There are three of us typically hosting this program, David Barton, America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders, Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, and my name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator. More information about all three of us at wallbuilderslive.com, and then also at the website, you can get the archives of the previous few weeks of programs, and you can even make that donation. Yes, that contribute button is very important. They're on the Wobblers Live website because that's how we do this. We're a listener-supported program, so when you make those donations, those contributions, we're a 501c3, therefore we are nonprofit. That means you can do that as a tax-deductible donation, and then we are able to spread the good news. We're able to educate people on the Constitution, on the founding of America, and on the principles that work every time they're tried. Become a part of it right there at our website, wobblerslive.com. All right, guys, later in the program, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler will be with us. Uh, she, of course, was involved in the debate over the Destruction of Marriage Act, Disrespect for Marriage Act, whatever uh, a more accurate term we can come up with than the, the one they gave it. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it on other programs quite a, quite a bit over the last month or so, and I don't think it, uh, you know, I don't think we could give it too much time. It's too big of an issue. And, uh, in fact, David, I remember, I remember the pastor's, briefing, one of the first ones I went to with you guys, and Wobblers does this wonderful event where they bring in pastors from across the nation to D.C. and do a spiritual heritage tour of the Capitol, but you also get to hear from all these congressmen and senators. And I remember Sam Brownback was in the Senate at the time, and he said, this was years ago, and he said, this issue, the definition of marriage, is the issue, and if we lose this, the culture slides into absolute chaos. And we've seen it happen. Uh, uh, and this this uh, decision by Congress is only going to make that worse. You know, the decision to to really undermine marriage, the decision to give anti-marriage people another tool at the federal level to call the entire power of the Justice Department to go after people who do not agree with their views. This is unbelievable. I, I mean, the, the fact that we've already seen the selective prosecution, we're seeing through the Twitter files what the FBI has done with with Elon Musk, to his credit, is at least making that stuff public. 
and we're seeing all the, the stuff and all the money that federal government has paid to keep certain files from coming out, whether it be the Hunter Biden laptops or whether it be the stuff that, that's going on with COVID or anything else. And, and so the federal government taking sides makes a complete unfair advantage. Instead of being neutral, they're, they're taking sides. And so when you have people like Vicki Harsler, and we're going to talk to her shortly, but she is finishing up her time in the U.S. Congress, has just finished up that time. Uh, she ran for U.S. Senate in Missouri, came in second, unfortunately. But And there's there's a great senator out of Missouri. The attorney general is going to be great. But Vicki has just done such a great job of being in Congress for a number of years. And she has carried the water on so many issues to protect what we would call the, the, the traditional nuclear family. Uh, she's she's really been good on so many issues, whether it be military or funding or anything else. But the issue uh, of the culture has been really big for her. And I just really feel bad for her that as, as she's leaving, her, her really her final speech was having to try to defend marriage uh, from this attack that's coming with the help of, of some Republicans who appear to be clueless uh, about what the culture is like on this issue. They may be so captivated in their world, they don't even know what the culture war is. But we've just given a huge, huge hammer to the federal government to come after people who don't believe the right things on marriage. And and Vicki, to her credit, man, this she fought this and defended all the way to the end, warning America what's coming if we don't get engaged in this. So now the battle shifts to local areas. This is where we have to pick it up. Well, you know, one of the things I, I think is a great example of Vicki is we talk often about people who have been in Congress. And it seems like the longer you are there, the more of your soul you lose. And we actually know several congressmen who will attest to that. That it's 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 a really corrupt place. It's not great, and there are so many people that really are befitting of the title Rhino, Republican in name only. That that they're part of the swamp. We we can talk about how corrupt Nancy Pelosi is for right her two hundred million dollars net worth when she's making you know two hundred thousand whatever dollars a year. How did you get two hundred million dollars? And right, you are better at investing. Your family, your husband's better at investing than anybody in the history of investing. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's because they are kind of in favor of insider trading. We can criticize Nancy Pelosi for that, except when you realize that Mitch McConnell is pretty much in the exact same boat as Nancy Pelosi, worth fifty million, and and he's been able to do really, really well in the market. And he's making the same kind of salary. When you are seeing people on the Republican and Democrat side who have been there long enough that they are benefiting themselves and their family, that they are interested in building more of their own empires. They've kind of lost and sold out their soul. And Vicki Hartzler has been one of the unique people who's been able to be there fighting against the cultural decline and has not compromised any of her soul from anything we've ever been able to see. And, and by the way, Tim, mentioning that with, with McConnell and others, I'll just throw out that this last election, we had some races where they spent $50 million in house races. Now, I don't know what math class you went to in school, but why would you spend $50 million to get a job that pays you less than 200000 a year? Uh, that's going to take you about five lifetimes to pay off what, what you have with that. And so that, you know, it's a great question to ask. And this is part of the swamp that's out there is people recognize that there's a lot of income that can be made, and that's why you have to have people of character and integrity there, and that Vicky's always been that. she's She's been good. Well, and let's go back. So you you, you were identifying that one of the, uh, the more significant last speeches she gave was trying to convince her colleagues, her Republicans uh, in Congress, not to support the, as it was titled, the Respect for Marriage Act, I believe was the title of it. And one of the things that also, guys, I mean, it, it's boggling to me 
in the sense of I'm not sure if it's intentional or ignorant on some of these congressmen who identify as Republican, congresswomen as well, who then think, guys, you know, we, we can't always attribute bad intentions, ill intentions to these far leftist liberals when they're passing these things. Like, I'm sure they're not going to come after private businesses. I'm sure they're not going to come after, right, religious liberty organizations. I'm sure they're going to come after faith-based organizations. Like, it's going to be fine. They support things that are ultimately destructive, that are ultimately used to attack good individuals, to attack faith-based organizations, to attack nonprofits, to attack churches. And then they act surprised when it happens. Like, I can't believe the Democrats would do this. You voted for the very thing they are using to do this. And I really am at a bit of a quandary of if they're just that ignorant or if they just play the game so well, they pretend to be dumb but this is where Vicki Hartzler was so good at challenging people in this last speech. And actually, she got very emotional about it. And I saw leftist news outlets who were making fun of her because she was crying and she was asking people, please don't support this because she knew what some of those ramifications would be. She, she knew what was going to happen, how this is going to be used to attack faith-based organizations, to attack nonprofits who believe in traditional values, who believe in what the Bible teaches, who believe in what the whole world largely believed for the last several thousand years of recorded human history. And she was ridiculed and mocked by not just left news outlets, which definitely happened, but even by some Republicans who thought she's extreme and going too far when the reality is they have their head in the sand, whether it's intentional or they're just that ignorant of it. She has been a hero, and certainly it's sad to see her go, although, Dad, as you mentioned, there are some good new people coming to office, and and, and now a good senator as well from Missouri is going to fill that seat that was open. However, this is is something certainly worth talking to to Vicki, getting some insight from her, perspective from her on what was going on, uh, what she thinks might be some outcomes from this, where her colleagues were on this, uh, and really just talk to her maybe one last time before she is out of Congress. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, our guest. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Wall Builders. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. In 1963, the United States Supreme Court decided that voluntary Bible reading could no longer be part of the school day. Founding Father Benjamin Rush, known as the father of public schools under the Constitution, pointedly warned that the Bible should be read in schools in preference to all other books. He specifically warned that if America ever ceased promoting biblical principles in schools, then we would waste so much time and money in punishing crimes and take so little pains to prevent them. He was right. We now have 7 million Americans in prison, on probation, or on parole, and the United States has the highest incarceration rate in the world. Sadly, this was unnecessary, but is the result of no longer teaching the morals of the Bible in schools. For more information about the Founding Fathers' views on the positive impact of the Bible in schools, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders Live. Thanks for staying with us. Always great to have Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler with us. Thanks so much for coming back on. You bet. Glad to visit with you. Well, so, you know, we've been talking a lot about this, uh, you know, Destruction of Marriage Act, the uh, uh, just the disappointment that that our listeners and, and, and frankly, uh, conservatives and Christians all over the country have with a lot of the Republican members of the of Congress voting for this. What was it like from the inside? I mean, you were right there in the thick of the battle. 
You bet. Well, it was heartbreaking, uh, ultimately. And, and you may have seen my speech on the House floor where actually the last uh, couple of uh, sentences that I shared, I, I kind of broke down there a little bit. I just uh, felt such Amen. a wave of remorse of what yeah. what we are unleashing on our country, not only validating uh, uh, marriages that are not according to God's Word, uh, but also unleashing a legal storm against people of faith who believe in the biblical definition of marriage. I mean, this bill goes much further uh, than just legalizing uh, same-sex marriages across the United States. It also provides two legal actions against those who oppose it. It directs the Department of Justice, the Attorney General of the United States, to go after persons who are in uh, uh, who do state business who do not adhere to this uh, new definition of marriage. And, and then it pro- provides a private right of action uh, to, for individuals who feel like they've been slighted to take people to court uh, who oppose them. And so certainly in the crosshairs, we're going to see uh, faith-based organizations such as um, City Union Missions or, or the homeless shelters, the Christian, the Christian adoption agencies, uh, perhaps um, religious schools and, and Christian colleges, they receive Pell Grants. Anybody that has uh, a state-based business or works with the state and in in, with their uh, business is going to potentially have lots of lawsuits and the arm, strong arm of the government come against them. But I'm very concerned for others as well, uh, Christian business owners, such as Baronel Stutzman, who had her floral shop. And and then we had Jack Phillips with a cake baker. I mean, what about any person of faith who does not adhere to this and their policies? This is just going to, I believe, open up uh, them to more and more lawsuits, harassment. And I believe ultimately the goal of this legislation is to silence people of faith who have a differing view. Those who are supporting this bill uh, talk about being tolerant, and they think we all should be tolerant and loving. But the fact is, if you do not go along with their agenda, then they want to squelch you and silence you and perhaps put you out of business. And so that is what is very, very upsetting about this bill. You know, it's almost like we we would see these random stories about Jack Phillips in Colorado. And like you mentioned, um, uh, is it Stutzer? I I forgot her name. Baronel Stutzman, yeah. Yes, Dutchman. I mean, you know, we we would hear these kind of randomly, right? And we'd have these big cases, and we would follow those. I mean, this would this does open the floodgate to that happening, uh, frankly, in every community in America, and it be the federal government now that is coming after you. If I understand it right, that's that's basically what you're saying too. Is like that's your concern is all these Christian businesses are now going to be potentially the victims of what 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 we've seen randomly over the last you know decade or two. But now it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, open the gate and, and no telling how, uh, how many of these will, will be flooded with. Right. There have been, over the last seven years since the Obergefell decision, many lawsuits. But I believe this is just going to increase those numbers. And even though the bill talks about no person acting under the color of state law shall do this, um, I, I believe it sets up the precedent and validates the bad decision made by the courts by five people. Let's remind everybody, the Supreme Court only ruled that five, five judges ruled uh, that that same-sex marriage is going to be legal a few years back. That was, I believe, a, a, a bad ruling that didn't reflect the will of the American people. Now Congress, through their vote, though, has come in 
who are the elected representatives of the people and validated that. And that is just, mm. you know, it is just wrong. Uh, I know in Missouri, we voted uh, several years ago, 71% put in our constitution that marriage is between a man and a woman. And those five judges overruled the will of the people from my state. And now Congress has come in and also overruled that. And, uh, you know, it's just very, very concerning uh, for those of us who who adhere to a biblical definition of marriage. How much concern was there or discussion was there over, you know, I mean, we've said for, of course, decades, the whole we would get you know, criticized for the slippery slope argument and, and say this is where these these things are going to lead. How much discussion was there about that and the type of quote-unquote marriages that, that states would have to recognize from other states when when the world is so crazy right now? And what I'm talking about, Vicki, is just like, I mean, think about it. We have thousands of kids now that think they're cats and they're going to school and the schools are affirming that and, and, and these furries and, and putting kitty litter in the bathrooms for them. I mean, it's just insane so if we don't, if if we're allowing that to happen and actually encouraging it and affirming it, who's to say that we don't have, you know, really crazy marriage situations? We've seen anecdotally those kind of things happen. I know they're saying that this would only be, you know, two people and yada yada yada. But did y'all talk much about that? About actually, who knows what California would do, and then other states would be forced to accept that. No, I don't think there was much discussion about that, but I do think that is a, a real concern. And if you bring that up, then they just immediately silence you and said, oh, that you're you're just fear-mongering. But to your point, uh, you know, it wasn't too many years ago that most people in America wouldn't have even accepted this. We even had Joe Biden and, and Obama who were opposed to yeah. this, and, and Bill Clinton was the one that signed the Defense of Marriage Act. And so— um, you know, as society changes and the mores and as people start accepting more and more different versions of relationships, who's to say down the road what someone else might want to re- redefine marriage as being? And we're That's just right. getting further and further away from the from the gold standard established by God that is the best for families, best for society, best for our country. And that's where you have every child has an opportunity to have a mother and a father. Uh, that is has been the the backbone of societies for over 5,000 years, and now we're just throwing that to the scrap heap of history and opening up the door to who knows what, what other kinds of relationships that could be validated uh, as a result of this legislation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wondered, too, and, and, and by the way, I mean, we, we love you, and, and we are so thankful for you, and you expressed what all of us were feeling. You, ex, you expressed what so—I mean, it, it, you captured the heart of so many in the, in the nation, and, and, you know, just the frustration with where the culture is, is going, and um, so thank you. Thank you for representing us well. I know you're not— you're not my member of Congress from Texas, but you still you you represented so well so many of us in this debate and in this discussion, and so we're we're just thankful for you. Last last question is you know was have you heard much among your colleagues about what states can do uh, to push back even after it passes, or does everybody pretty well feel like that's it, the fight's over at this point? I mean, what what is the next step that people should think about taking uh, to try to combat this? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, certainly worth exploring if there's some way that the, the states could push back on it. You know, we're seeing other states suing the federal government over the past couple of years saying, you know, there's a separation of powers here. Uh, you cannot infringe on what we believe here in our state. We do have that right. Uh, 
Um, you know, whether that would be successful or not is questionable since the Supreme Court has has ruled in this in this favor that every state has to uh, uh, abide by whatever another definition of marriage from another state. So I'm not sure what can be done, but um, certainly this is legislation. Um, so this law could be theoretically, if you had uh, elected enough of the people that had the the right view, you know, could be overturned. Um, so yeah. certainly that should be talked about, and every candidate should be asked their opinion on that. And it was disappointing that so many of my fellow Republican colleagues uh, bought into the the lies and and the PR. Uh, campaigns from those that were for it and, you know, assume that there is a religious um, protection in here and they were told, oh, that's all that you need. But you read the details and it only provides protection against churches from having to carry out same-sex marriages. That has nothing to do with the underlying concerns that you and I have about just a Christian or a business owner or someone else who believes in uh, traditional marriage, it doesn't provide protections for them. So uh, we need to hope and pray that we get people in office who will stand for uh, the, the God definition of marriage. Amen. Amen. And and thank the good Lord for all these legal organizations out there like ADF and, you know, Matt Staver at Liberty Council and Kelly Shockford at First Liberty. I mean, all these, all these groups out there, boy, they're going to, they're going to need a lot of support in the next couple of years because, because, you know, we're going to see a, a lot of these battles on the front lines. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and look forward to the next time we get to chat. You bet. Thanks, Rick. God bless. God bless you. That's Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up and too often no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, and every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. We're back here on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us, and thanks to Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler for being on the program with us today, but also just for great service in Congress. Uh, I think she was, uh, I can't remember if it was state rep or state senator uh, there for years before that. I mean, she has really served well and been a great example. And in fact, we've recommended and, and had her on years ago uh, about her book, Running God's Way, recommending other folks to run for office and, and to do it God's way. So just a, a great public servant and, and a wonderful Christian leader as well, and really appreciate her coming on with us today. We're back with David and Tim. Um, you know, guys, I mean, obviously, biggest d- debate other than abortion of our lifetime, probably, the the whole issue of family and the and the most, you know, the, the, the most local political unit in the nation, and um, unfortunately, a big loss uh, here at, at the end of Vicki's career, but uh, so thankful for her valiant effort to try to stop that bill from passing. Well, you know, I, I thought she really used some pretty strong language. I wrote down several phrases, but she said, we don't understand what we're unleashing in our country. We're unleashing a legal storm against people of faith. 
This is much further than just legalizing gay marriage. We've legalized the attorney general to go after people who do not adhere to or observe this new definition of marriage. And this will affect anyone whose faith is important to them, Christian business owners, et cetera. I mean, that's that's a lot of, of, of strong phrases she had to say, but she's exactly right. And, and this is the thing where that we can't just shake our heads and say, this is what you get out of D.C. What a swamp. Somebody's got to go in and start cleaning out the swamp, and that includes us at the local level. It includes us, with, and we're starting to see some of this with, with some city council and with some school board, but that's the farm team for what's coming up in Congress. You don't just suddenly, I, I've recruited candidates for a long time, and you just don't go out and recruit somebody to Congress and hope they have a good view when they get there. You want people that are tested. You want people that went through the school board, we went through the city council, went through the state house and state senate, and, and they've got a voting record, and they've got a backbone, and you've seen them stand up. And so what's happening now is we're starting to build a farm team. We've just gone for a, a really quite a while in America, maybe a decade and a half, two decades, and just seeing who's going to show up to run for office. And hopefully we get past that. So if you want to drain the swamp, start at the local level. Get get the teachers, bad teachers out of the process. Get the bad city council guys out of the process. Drain the swamp in your local area. Start getting some swamp drainers elected to your area, and that's the best way we'll have to fix this in the future. And also to clarify, draining the swamp doesn't mean removing anybody who's been there. Longevity that's right. does not clarify or does not clearly define and identify who swamp creatures are. Because there are some people like a Vicki Hartzler, like, like a Mike Lee. There are some people who can be in Congress for a long time and not lose their soul and sometimes strategically, you need people who have been there long enough to know the process, to know the system, to know how That's it works. Right. And so the idea that you want to come in and say, we're firing everybody in the school board, entirely new school board. Well, if the entire school board is evil, yeah, you might need to do that. That's right. But it could be you have a couple of good school board members who actually know the process, who know what some of the problems are, who have good solutions. They just haven't had the help or they've right had opposition that outnumbered them on the other side. So don't think that you have to replace everybody all the time. But if people have the wrong values, the wrong mindset, the wrong heart, then they're certainly the people that when we're talking about draining the swamp, it's not about how long they've been there. It's about who they are, what they represent, what their values are. And certainly we need to replace people that don't have a pro-America, pro-Constitution, pro-Biblical value perspective. We need to preserve those things here in this nation. You can learn more about all of those things at wallbuilders.com and wallbuilderslive.com, our two websites. And at either one of those websites, encourage you to, to click on that donate button and make that contribution that helps us continue this great work of teaching, inspiring, and equipping Americans to restore America's constitutional republic. We sure appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to Wallbuilders Live. We stand undivided.